Hello and welcome to the WW News Today podcast episode four. We made it. The three ones that we did all in a row and recorded yeah. to play while you were in Paris have all played. Tom, I'm happy to tell you you've returned. It's been a success. Over 93,000 views. First three. For, for perspective, the University of Florida, the swamp, the football stadium, seats yeah. about 93,000 people. All right. So, obviously... Uh, uh, you're not going to cancel us this week, right? No, but I would like people to go watch the Epcot episode because a lot of people that watched one and two did not watch the Epcot. It wasn't episode juicy yet. enough. It, maybe it wasn't. It can't all just be me complaining about other people. You know, it you can. can. We got it. It's got to be about theme parks at some point. It helped me, and I think it's helped us kind of develop. Where you, you notice we have a slightly different setup today. Yeah. Um, we moved my things away. giant cabinet of country bear memorabilia across the room. <laughs> Um, yeah, we and it looked a little thing, little takeaways, right? It's hard to look at yourself do this stuff sometimes, yeah. especially like I told you, I was like, man, I scratched my nose a thousand times in episode two, and I did. And, and I, someone's like, Eric looks like he's got like a problem. I mean, of right? the places it, you could my be problem scratching, was it, it could yeah, be my worse. problem was an itchy nose. My problem is not substance related. Yeah. Just for for clarity here, when we used to do audio podcasts, you could scratch whatever. Ah, <laughs> uh, those were the days. Back then, you didn't wear pants. Friday night without pants. I mean, pants I guess you don't have to wear pants right now if you don't want to. It is fitting we record these on Fridays because for many years, what two thousand seven? Uh, I forget when we stopped doing them regularly. We we Friday night was recording night always. Well, for a new show, I would say it's been successful so far. We appreciate the audience yeah. hanging out, and for the first time, we are live. For our Wigs members at the yes. $7 and up level. So if you're a Wigs member, $7 and up, uh, you're getting this early. You're getting it live. Jake is showing you multiple studio feeds so you yeah. can kind of see what he sees. Uh, he might go and show you the Switch review soon. But yeah. I think right now they're probably looking at it in like a three or four square. I guess there's only three cameras. So in order for you to see what Jake sees, you also need to you need to adjust your chair. Maybe six foot six. As high as it goes. Um <laughs> Also, I'm in a different part of the museum. You haven't seen this on the show. No, so the Epcot Corner? Uh, the yeah. Epcot Corner. This is all kind of most kind of millennium-y. Yeah, it's all that time period, right, because that's the 96 Universe Energy. That's Test yeah. Track from 98, and then all millennium stuff behind you. Do you want to explain the star? I yeah, mean, the star. So if you see the star behind me, looks like it's got a bunch of, like, dog tags hanging from it or something. They're actually <laughs> plastic, awful. even though they're shiny. Um this was, if you recall, when Epcot um, had the wand on top of Spaceship Earth. Yeah. And this is one of the stars coming out of the end of that wand, basically, right? Is that I think a good way to describe it? I think this is one of the Spaceship Earth ones. Yeah, so Spaceship wand, Earth, that's what I said. No, but like, um, so there there were different stars, right? There were stars on the wand. Right. And then there was like a trail of magic that went onto the, the geodesic sphere itself, one of the 20 greatest architectural feats in the history of mankind. Um, they actually fastened some stars to the top. I guess we Earth. don't know for sure where we this don't, came I from. forget. I think I, we do. We'll look it up. No, I so I think it's a Spaceship Earth one. I looked at a photograph of the wand and the thing, and you can see yeah. something that's is, there's only one that's this exact shape. Oh, really? You can see it. I'm not sure that this Maybe. is it. It could have been on, I, I don't know. You just get these things because they look familiar. The, I think when, when Jason got it in the auction, it had a reference photo, I think. We'll, we'll figure out exactly where. If we find that from. photo, we'll, we'll have someone put it here in the uh, no, I've got. I don't know how visible this video is. My, my alien encounter stuff is. Oh, yeah. Skippy. Out. We don't even have it lit. I'm sure it's lit from the studio lights, though. It's probably fine. Yeah. They, it does Skippy. have its own lighting in there. Like Skippy, timekeeper. Well, what we decided to do today for today's episode is we're going to discuss Disney myths. We've all mm -hmm. heard them. Some of them are true. 
A lot of them are not true. We're going to dive in and, and discuss these as best we can. Wigs that are able to watch live will be able to, at some point, give us questions and things yeah, like I'll, that. Yeah, I'll keep in the a live lookout for and, comments and, and things, yeah. So if you hear us you know, respond to people, you're listening to this in audio or watching the video later, then that's who we're talking to. And we did solicit some input from Wigs in our Patreon, on our Patreon page. Yeah. Some of those questions they had are reflected in the questions that we're going to look into. Mm-hmm. But before we go any further, Tom, who brings us this show? Which one am I reading now? <laughs> Carousel of products. Oh, that's what I'm wearing. I'm wearing Carousel of products right now. You can shop Carousel of products at, guess where? Carouselofproducts.com. They have a big sale going on. It's been extended, uh, I think, for another month. But we have some. I think we have some $5 T-shirts up right now. Um, if those aren't your style, this is one of my favorite things we've done for the 25th of Animal Kingdom. I don't... I wasn't wild about, get it, wild? I wasn't wild about the Disney merchandise. I think we did a better button-down shirt, um, which has all these, um, it's about 25 years of exploration, so it's all these exploration companies right there. One of my favorite is Camp Adirondack, which is a reference to Camp Minnie Mickey. Um, There's some other fun ones on here, Collie River Uh, Rapids. Camp Lejeune, obviously. If you drink the water at Camp Lejeune, the lawyers want to talk to you. I'm wearing the matching tee. I don't know if the T-shirt sold out or not yet, but. I'm wearing my whole Carousel Products outfit. Um, we got some good stuff. The, the Figment 40th anniversary stuff is still there. Some good stuff hanging out. And then a, a bunch of stuff's on sale too. So if you want to just grab a $5 T-shirt, a $4 pin, um, whatever the case may be. Carouselproducts.com. And we are working on – we have some cool holiday stuff coming. I can't talk about yet. I can't wait. And then um, obviously we are going to – I'll tease this for the first time now. Um, you know we, we do a lot of – theme park anniversary events. It's always been a thing we've done. And obviously next year's 35 years of Disney's Hollywood Studios. So we're bringing back Stage 89. There you go. That event will be May 1st through the 5th. Um, we have a very special product, something we've never done before that I'm really excited about. We also have some incredible guests, but we don't want to give that away just yet. No, not yet. I've got like six former Imagineers lined up already. So, um, But as soon as we can announce them and put tickets on sale, we we will. Well, that's great. I'm excited to be doing this live for the wigs. I'm excited about all the upcoming stuff on Carousel of Products. Also, if you've never been to our studio, it is open to the public uh, most Thursday nights. You can go to www.newstonight.com and find out our schedule, buy a ticket. They're pretty affordable. And then some of that merchandise we stock here. The rest of it is stocked at a fulfillment yeah. center somewhere in Ohio, I think. Or either Which way. Which allows it to be delivered super fast, right? I, I have to comment. People tell me all the time, they're like, I ordered a shirt from you guys. It was here in two days. That happens a lot with carousel products. That's a good because sign that I wasn't in charge company. of shipping that. Yeah, day. that's the reason we use the fulfillment company, yeah. Right. You want to jump right into this? Sure. All right. Disney myths. Oh, you're not doing news? No news? No news. All right. People don't fine. want the news. They said they want to watch Tom do news on his own show. Oh, then I'll, I'll said, get we back already to know the We already know the news. I, I well, I was going to stop giving my opinions of stuff on news today then. You, you know what? Pick something. Pick, pick a story. I don't want to pick anything. No. Go to the myths. It's okay, we'll go to the myth. Look at him. He's so frustrated. It's Friday. Be happy. It's not my Friday. But we should be getting in that mood for others, even though it's Tuesday when this airs. I refuse to be happy for others. <laughs> it is against my nature. That is not untrue. All right. A lot of people wanted to discuss this myth. Hmm. Uh, the first one I have is that the reason Horizons closed was that it was on a sinkhole. Yeah. And uh, there were too many structural risks hmm. uh, to keep it open. 
Um, as far as I know, this is sort of a, there's been some indication that that may have been a consideration, but I think primarily it's not true, right? There are sinkholes in the area, yeah. but according to everything that I have seen, uh, Marty Sklar once referenced like, hey, there are some sinkholes in, in the vicinity. People yeah. have said that the sinkholes are actually closer to the Odyssey yeah. and that the reason Horizons closed is basically they didn't have GE anymore Correct. and the building needed some fixing up. The attraction needed some fixing yeah. up and Disney didn't want to pay for it themselves. Yeah. And to me, that's like the Occam's razor of Disney, right? Yeah. The simplest answer is usually the, the correct one, which yeah. is cost. Well, to be fair, right, to be fair at that time, the the whole idea of Future World was their, their pavilion sponsored by corporate sponsors, right? Right. So the idea of having a, a pavilion not sponsored I don't think worked for them, and it didn't make sense for the park, right? Um, and they still weren't at a point where they felt like they couldn't sell a pavilion, right? So here's what, here's what happened, right? Um, GE was already a Disney corporate sponsor, and then they just – they were like oh, – when, when they approached them at Epcot, they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll come in. And why don't we – well, our other attraction is Carousel of Progress, right? We want to do a sequel to that, and it'll be a sequel where you, you follow this family right. into the future, right? And that's Horizons. Um, and then after 10 years, the contract expired after 10 years, and GE was like, we're out. We're done. And so Disney was like, oh, okay, I guess we'll just make it seasonal until we figure out who's going to sponsor this and what we're going to do. So the thing that really dispels the sinkhole rumor for me is that there are several very public plans out there to reuse that building for the space pavilion. Right. Um, which was what Journeys in Space. I think it was Delta sponsored at one point. It was um, some – some. I think Lockheed Martin was involved at one point. A lot of different people. Like there's that famous concept art of the people in that – that single seat, like moonwalk jetpack yes, yes, ride yes. thing, that's in that building, and you can find layouts of of that building where there's like Mission Space was in that, but it was one small part of it, and there were other things. You'd go into the building and it break off, like some like Wonders of Life or the Land, right? Central Atrium, and you break off another thing. So they plan on using the building, but then I think in the end, um, we have to ask Eddie Sato about this because Eddie Eddie worked on Mission Space. Um, we've had him on the show a couple times. Um, but when Mission Space got approved, then it was like, oh, we're going to do the centrifuge thing and we'll knock down this building. We'll build a new building and Compaq's paying for it. And then Compaq was purchased by HP and HP begrudgingly had to take the sponsorship because they bought the company and the rest is history. But I, there, there's a lot of sinkholes and like Walt, I don't think Walt knew any better when he was like, Epcot has to be in the middle. Right. <laughs> Dead center. You can't, Walt, can we move it up? No, it's in the middle. It has yeah. to be the center. It's Epcot center. Right. It's in the middle. And they're like, there's a lot of sinkholes in the middle, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just had to build around that, which Odyssey definitely Have You ever wonder why Odyssey is such a weird, there's not a whole lot going on there. It's this little building. It's basically on stilts. Um, there's these bridge, these long bridges over water. Right. Because you couldn't build anything there. So that was like the Odyssey was the concession, essentially. Also, I think the fact that they built another building in the same spot would dispel some of the sinkhole stuff. Because it's yeah. not like a sinkhole is one of those things you go, oh, just... You can't just fill it. You, I mean, there is sinkhole remediation where that's what yeah. they do, but it's not something you would want to build another building on. Yeah. Top. And certainly not dig deep into the ground and put the, the um, you know, middle of a centrifuge. In, right, so if you yeah. if you go back and look at historical mission space construction um, for a Florida attraction, they they went I think as about as deep as you can go 
right. um, to put the, the center of those centrifuges in. Yeah. Also, you know how much stress a Stellarvator puts on the foundation of a building? Yeah, wouldn't the whole the Stellarvator would just pull the whole <laughs> the whole just, building over? You have a sinkhole underneath a space elevator. People at Space 220 would be furious. Ever, isn't it weird? You go outside, you can't see the Stellarvator. It's never clear enough to see it during the no. day. I don't understand that. I keep looking up every time I leave the restaurant. All right, here's one that's silly, uh, and allegedly there are people that have believed this in the past. I find it hard to believe. There, The rumors are about the castle, about Cinderella Castle, right? Yeah. It's either that... Like the top comes off the castle if there's bad weather, or the castle sinks into the ground, yeah. or it can be disassembled and moved yeah. off-site. Like, that's demonstrably yeah. untrue. Yeah, uh, That's probably not worth discussing, although it might be worth pointing out, look how hard it was for them to take the decorations off the castle <laughs> after the 50th. Can you imagine on two days' notice with a hurricane coming, taking the yeah. turrets off? So that's obviously a, a, one of those rumors that's been around forever. But Obviously that's like, not true. You, your your joke just illustrates a point of like people's perception of Disney, um, you know, in the past versus people's perception of Disney now, right? Like that's what a lot such, of these rumors are based. They on, were right? such an amazing company. Um, you, you have to really again go think pre-internet, right? They were such an amazing company. Like think about it. if you grew up in a world where the Walt Disney Company invented robots. Like, robots didn't really exist, and then suddenly they did because of Walt Disney. I I might believe just about anything people said that the Disney company developed, right? Like, they, they have monorails, and they're building robots, and, like, it, it seems they could do anything, right? So why would any of this be be thing? why would any of these things be things they could not accomplish, right? So... You know, at least in a world pre-internet, I can see why people believed a lot of these things. It makes sure. a lot of sense. Sure. Um, next up, we've discussed this before. Um, Morocco didn't want the pavilion to light up. Yeah. And as far as we know, that is true. That's a real thing. It's a cultural thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a cultural thing. They don't want it. They yeah. don't want lights on their Not for, So for illuminations, they rigged all the roof lines with lights, um, but Morocco was not allowed um, and there's a section of Norway that's not lit either um, for Is that the Stave Church? The church yeah. yeah. That makes so, sense. It's, it's funny that the two last pavilions they added are the ones, you know, the ones closest to the opening of Illumination are the two that didn't get the lights. Well, that makes sense. And it's probably not – I don't have a whole lot of information about what the – I mean, I, I understand like in Norway, right, that's a church. Yeah. So – there might be some Yeah, it had nothing to do with it. a bunch of Norwegian companies got in bed together to sponsor that pavilion. Morocco was sponsored by the by the government, the, government, the Moroccan yeah. government and and you know um that was a you know they basically Disney basically sat back and let them build the pavilion, right? With real artisans and real, you know. Um so it was pretty much whatever they wanted, right? Disney was like, "If you're going to do it, just go ahead. It's fine. Do what you want." Here's one that I've actually heard people say with great conviction was true, which is that the turkey legs at yeah. Disney World were actually emu legs yeah. or ostrich legs. You have you heard that one before? Every time I honestly like this this time period behind you, the millennium. Yeah. I think about like that's when the turkey legs got real popular. Yeah. And it brings me back to that moment of like everyone, like you'd see people eating them and they'd be like, you know, you're eating emu. And even the cast member at the thing, you'd be like, is it really turkey? And some of them would just be like, no, it's emu. I'd be like, people selling you food would just tell you the food was something else. It was a different time. It's worth pointing out that a lot of these myths were perpetrated by Disney cast members 
even on the on things yeah. like tours that they've given, oh, even yeah. things that they taught people in traditions yeah. that are just not true or that are, you know, yeah. fun stories playing with the truth. Some of these like is forgivable on a tour. It depends. Are you on a tour to get educated or to be entertained? And some people want you to spin a yarn, right? And sometimes yeah. those yarn. Look, I was in the Marine Corps for six years. Every story you hear there is a little bit more sensational as it gets down yeah. the line of what happens, and that's a natural part of like human storytelling. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these are just things that have been passed down, and and they say it enough times, and it becomes true. Well, they are not emu legs. They emu emu emu. Okay. Sure. I, I I pronounce it based on the uh, Bare Naked Ladies song, but they're Canadian, so. Oh, mine is based on the Limu Emu, <laughs> the Liberty Mutual Emu. Yeah, it's a commercial. Uh, at any rate, uh, they are not. Yeah. They are turkey legs. They are from tom turkeys. Who tom turkeys are larger. Yeah. But the the people have uncovered, you know, who the supplier is and all yeah. that kind of stuff. They have never been ostrich legs. They have never been emu legs. They've never been good. <laughs> I I don't find them appetizing. I've had a bite of someone's yeah. before or something. I've never like just walked around gnawing on one. But like if you go there now to the area you call the baked potatoes. Yeah, right? the Liberty Square market. Liber yeah. The Liberty Square area. Baked potatoes. There inevitably there's like a turkey, the remnants of a turkey leg, like and laying near some bushes, and a bunch ibis. of birds pecking at it. This is eating a fellow bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it like ever a time, horror right? film. That should have been our horror nights house idea <laughs> on news tonight. Birds eating other birds. Um, so I'm sorry. Uh, you may be one of those people that has told people for years that this yeah. is a, a fact. It is not a fact. Yeah. Uh, there is no proof that this. In fact, there's plenty of proof to the contrary. I've had one good Disney turkey leg. Oh yeah, Disneyland Paris. They're a much more normal size. They taste like real food. They're not as greasy. They're very good. Yeah. It was something they got for the 30th. It's in that – I did a video review where I did 30 items, 30 of the new items for the 30th anniversary, which is now over. But they stayed. The turkey legs stayed. You just buy it the same way? You like They just give you like a little – It comes in a – You walk around and gnaw on it? It comes, it comes in, in a boat. boat. So you could – not like a toy boat, like a, 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 yeah. oh, a, a paper boat. boat. I thought you said a boat. I was like, no, yeah. a paper boat. Um it, it's, I mean, it's considerably small. I guess you still pick it up. You can't use a fork and knife there. No one would blink at you there about it. Yeah. It's good, though. I was surprised. I was I was not looking forward to it. And then I had it. I was like, that was actually pretty good. I would have that again. I like the flavor of the turkey legs. I don't love the texture. The gre It's the yeah, grease for yeah, me. They're just, just wet. wet. They're like sopping wet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this came from the Wigs chat. Um, they asked – there was – you know, what validity was there to the Night Kingdom slash Dark Kingdom, the Fifth Gate? Yeah. And as far as I know, they did. that was like in official channels kind of discussed yeah. that this was happening. It was pretty far along. Yeah. But it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really a Fifth Gate. It was essentially like a, like a Discovery Cove boutique thing, right? It was yeah. like an expensive add-on you could do. Yeah. Yeah. And then for those that don't know, a lot of it was, it was all, what was zip, I think they were zip lining and... Animal stuff and where was it going to be? I guess kind of near Animal Kingdom because it was going to involve animals in some way. Yeah, this wasn't the villain park thing. This was a different thing. Um, yeah, are these two different things, Dark Kingdom and Night Kingdom? Because Night Kingdom was oh, the maybe. nighttime park. Was Dark Kingdom the villain park? Is that what Dark Kingdom? The villain park? I don't think has ever been real. They've definitely developed lands. We've seen art for Magic Kingdom. There was a um, again back to this time period, the Millennium. Um, 
there were real strong rumors after 20,000 Leagues closed about what they were going to do. And I remember vividly, I was here when the hype balloons went up for both um, the Villain Mountain and um, Fire Mountain, which was the Atlantis yes. one, which we have a fascinating Back to the Future video on this channel. If you've never heard about that project, I actually found all the real art. It was the first time anyone's seen the art for the, for the thing. Um, it was a roller coaster that switched from overhead track to under track and was Atlantis-themed and was Adventureland. Um, but then on the opposite side, they were the, the competing project, and at one point they were both going to happen, um, was the 20K Lagoon would have Bald Mountain in the background. It would be a villain yeah. log flume ride, and there was an Ursula Spinner and, like, a little village. That was very real, and that that's why the question has been, like, if, if Disney builds this villain land in Magic Kingdom, will it be the thing they, they thought they were going to build then? Will they just resurrect the whole concept again, which I think would be tremendous. I would love that. I know uh, some people are like, oh, there's already a log flume at Magic Kingdom, right? Well, there's already also Pirates of the Caribbean. There's plenty of boat rides. I mean, yeah. Interestingly know. enough, there was, they, they did, we did find news of a patent this week of a track switching ride that Disney has filed. Oh, yeah. So uh, I don't, I don't know that same type of deal. Yeah. But, but, but that's Fire Mountain. Fire Mountain. Yeah. And then, and then Bald Mountain or Villain Mountain was the, the boat ride one. Sadly, this never happened. I also heard that that's where they were going to put the Adventurers Club. They were going to get rid of, like, at one point when they were getting rid of the Adventurers Club, people were like, oh, that oh was Night that's because it's going to move to the Night Kingdom. Night Kingdom. That yeah. was a Jim Hill thing. Yeah. yeah. But with Jim Hill, like, I love Jim Hill, but you can never tell where 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 the real ends and the fantasy begins sometimes in those stories. But, um, you know. Okay. Um Another one, I've had people tell me this. The plane in the Casablanca scene of the great movie ride was the actual plane for the film. In this case, I think the truth is actually more interesting. Yeah. Right? So the plane uh, that's there is uh, is in Electra 12A. The real plane from Casablanca. Electra 12A was a real plane from that era. Yeah. But the plane from Casablanca wouldn't have fit. Right? This is a smaller plane. Uh, It is the plane that was used in the 1942 film, uh, this blockbuster, Tarzan's New York Adventure. Wow. And uh, like you said, you know where the plane is now. If you want to see it, you can. What's cool about that is it was after the Tarzan scene. Yeah. That, that's pretty neat. So for those that don't know, the front half of the plane uh, went to the great movie ride, and then they had the back half, and we're like, what are we going to do with this? And someone was like, oh, put it in the trees at the Jungle Cruise. And that's where it still is. So funny enough, a couple years ago when they did the refurb of Jungle Cruise, um, they decided to give the plane some backstory. The plane now has painted on the side of it the name Hathaway Brown. Hathaway Brown is a character from the Adventurers Club. Um, do you know what year the Adventurers Club opened? I. It's got to be uh, 90? 1989. 89, okay. Um, so the, the reason we did Stage 89 five years ago, and it's just called Stage 89, was 89 was a big year for the company. And very specifically, that first week in May in that time period. Because in that couple of week period, they opened Pleasure Island, the Disney MGM Studios, and Typhoon Lagoon. Um, And so it's fitting that the back half of the Casablanca plane is now a reference to a thing that opened the same week, uh, the Adventures Club of Pleasure Island. I feel like I 89 was too easy an answer, so I guess 90, so you could correct me. So, because to make up for last episode when I corrected you on something, is that... Shut up, Joe. Shut up. <laughs> Joe's probably watching. Joe's somewhere. probably watching right now in the, in the live chat. Um, but yeah, Hathaway Brown, and 
little bit of trivia. I have a letter from Hathaway Brown. Mm. Remember Lee got one, they would deliver that letter every now and then yeah, at the yeah. Adventures Club of him. Yeah. So I have that. I never got to go to Real Adventures Club, but I've had several reunions that I've <laughs> that I've funded that I've been to. They have, uh, they have, many of them have been right here in this room, which was used as their dressing they, room. They changed for the 50th, when, uh, they, the Disney World 50th yeah. event, yeah. And then, of course, we had Pleasure Beach five years ago, which was when we reunited them on the beach at uh, Yacht and Beach Club, mm-hmm. and then did a New Year's Eve fireworks countdown in, in Crescent Lake. So this next one is going to cause some disagreement. Okay. Essentially... Uh, and this is something that even people on, have been told on Disney tours, have been told by Disney, even by Imagineers or anonymous sources who said they were with WDI, yeah. uh, that the brown pavement in Liberty Square is to simulate human excrement that was tossed out of chamber pots, you know, thrown out the windows in, yeah. in Liberty Square uh, to somehow simulate colonial times. Yeah. Um, I have a lot to say about this. I, obviously, pe- this has been going on forever. Disney has told people this on tours, yeah. uh, but you know, actually, uh, there's you, Hal Bowers, who's with the WW uh, Retro WW podcast, excellent yeah. podcast. Um, he tweeted about it a couple years ago, and it's an interesting story. He said, "For years, I've read online that the meandering brown path running through Liberty Square is supposed to represent poop thrown out of windows from chamber pots to settle in the street. Something seemed off, though, and I couldn't put it together until tonight. Here's some history." Herb Ryman did a lot of concept art for Liberty Square. He'd been messing around with the concept since the 50s for Disneyland. Uh, in their renderings, there's no poop. There's something to all of them that's very consistent, that's consistent and that's cobblestone roads. Yeah. So when they put this in, essentially, they put they couldn't put like full cobblestone there, but they put little pathways of cobblestone. strollers and wheelchairs. Right. So then they decided, well, cobblestone was rough for strollers, was rough for wheelchairs. And when they did a refurbishment, they're like, let's smooth it out. Also, parade floats were getting more intricate and more sensitive and needed that smooth surface. Well, this was the thing that happened in all of the lands. They all had the flat colored pavement and then these little strips that essentially established the theme, right? So Adventureland had green pavement and then there was this stonework that you'd find in in patches essentially, right? right? And so Liberty Square was similar in that, again, you'd, you'd find, you know, flat, regular painted pavement and then sort of this cobblestone. And then Fantasyland had some, too. And that's still a thing. If you go to, so if you go to Tokyo Disneyland, that park has had very little modification since 1983, which is not far removed from 71. And a lot of it's based on Magic Kingdom. If you go in Adventureland and Fantasyland, those lands, it's still like that. It is that, that painted pavement with these little sections mm-hmm. of like thematic pavement, right? Or, or cobblestone or whatever the case may be. And I'd have to check the timeline, but if they are trying to optimize for parade efficiency and all that yeah. kind of stuff, there was a time in, I think, the late 80s, early 90s when they also changed the bridge to Liberty Square, right? Yeah. It used to be very high and sort of had a peak to it and they yeah. flattened it, right? Probably for parade I thought, floats. I thought Don has told this, Don Dorsey has told this story from, from an electrical parade debuted in Florida. I got to revisit that. I almost thought I could be wrong. I got to go listen to it again. I thought he said 77, they had to make modifications for electrical parade at Disney world when that came. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, or you maybe can even see, America on parade. You maybe. can see the old, I mean, the old, a long time of the original bridge was very high because oh, the yeah. swan boats went under yep. it, right? The tours, they would, yeah. in fact, the swan boats would go around 
the Swiss Family Treehouse. Yep. And then they would go back more, under that bridge and yeah. And more recently, I think the Adventureland Bridge is more recent when they knocked that one down and put the flat one in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Howe goes on to say, by the time of the American Revolution, cobblestone and other kinds of paved roads were very common in uh, American cities. Yeah. Some of them still exist, though a lot were replaced in the 1800s. Um, Another thing that does not make sense is the idea that the refined colonists of Dr. Franklin's time would be filling the streets of Philadelphia with their excrement. Turns out that homes and taverns throughout Philadelphia did have private toilets. In fact, you can see yeah. um, Benjamin Franklin's uh, privy pit if you take a tour there, apparently. That's yeah. a thing. So these, this is not – you're not living in the Middle Ages, right? Like in the yeah. 1600s, probably a little bit more. I would be more inclined to believe in the Old West – uh, not privy pots, not chamber pots, but like horses walking down dusty streets and it rains yeah. and they have a little bit of a, you know, like a caved in area in the center, like a kind of a little ditch in the middle of the street yeah. where maybe horse poop and yeah. and rainwater and mud and stuff run off. Yeah. Um, anyway, the story goes on. It gets more interesting. Um, while they might have thrown their pots in the streets by 1700s, this practice was dwindling. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't think people in Philadelphia, which was a fairly cosmopolitan city of, yeah. the, of its time with beautiful architecture and all this stuff, and people dressed in their finery and their, you know, fancy clothes and everything are dumping yeah. poop out of the window. Yeah. That's probably something that's that's more no, likely people, to happen in Philadelphia today. People try to tie it into the fact that there were no – there wasn't – they didn't build a public restroom mm-hmm. in Liberty Square, but there – there are public restrooms yeah. on the outskirts of Liberty Square basically everywhere. Yeah. Um, and there's some argument as to if, like, did Frontierland really have one? Because it would make like, more there's sense that in one Frontierland. In the breeze, there's the one in the Breezeway, which I think technically belongs more to Adventureland than anything, but. Yeah. Well, this would this actual aesthetic would make more sense. This story would make more sense in Frontierland, even though Frontierland yeah. comes, is set years later than yeah. colonial Philadelphia. Yeah. These are old west towns with dirt streets and yeah. uh, not as much probably infrastructure as these maybe, established cities of like maybe Philadelphia. Maybe beyond Big Thunder they throw the poop into the street. Yeah, I don't know. I'll find uh, out someday. So yeah, they he they have pictures of when it was cobblestone. Yeah. And then um then it was replaced by brick. Around 92 there's pictures of it being brick. Oh yeah. So then they're like, let's just do it with pavement, and but let's make it a different color to set it off, right? Yeah. Um, well, because the other lands were colored pavement. Adventureland is green. Yeah. So let me scroll down because – so who would – why would Disney add or want to add a river of poop into the Magic Kingdom? It doesn't make sense from a business standpoint from who they are or whatever. No, it was a way of leaving pavement for people to traverse easily but yeah. still leave a little stretch that, that established the theme, right? So then he says, oddly enough, he gets uh, something from um, Chuck Snyder. He was Liberty Square's design developer, mm. retired Imagineer. Um, sorry, he gets from Chuck Snyder. It's from uh, David Holmquist, who supported this. He said, oddly enough, I was the design developer for Liberty Square and can give you and Mr. Bowers the straight poop. The cobblestone insert in a walking pathway lip service to what was common in a day. It would have been much more expensive to completely cover the entire pathway in cobblestone. As you said, it would have been a nightmare for wheelchairs, strollers, etc. Yeah. It was never considered to be thought of as part of a sewer system, not with Disney's good show, bad show design criteria. It's yeah. an interesting observation, however. And then he says, are you ready for the twist? The twist doesn't even sway me to this direction, but it may sway people. 
he was Hal Bowers was contacted by an anonymous present-day Imagineer who worked with the fellow who was heading up the paving master plan for Magic Kingdom in 95. Mm. And although it may or may not have been historically accurate, the brown trail that replaced the cobblestones in Liberty Square was intended to be a subtle nod to colonial sewage. It was perhaps never intended to become a talking point on tours like it became. It was likely meant to be an under-the-radar thing or harmless joke. The revision was made with that intent. Um, I don't necessarily believe that the design team was like, ha ha, let's make this poop. I think they had to replace bricks that had replaced cobblestone and they replaced it with a pavement that made sense. And then all of a sudden a story emerges and who doesn't love a good story? Since similar pavement exists in other castle parks, I don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that I will leave this one open to your interpretation. If you've heard it on a million tours and you want to believe it, believe it. I think, um, pardon the pun, it's a load of horse hockey. So I I don't think it's true. I think it's, I think it's made up because of it. It conveniently fits the, into the real story, right? That it happens to be brown pavement. And you go, if you look at it a certain way and think about, uh, and you happen to think that people in Philadelphia in colonial times were very primitive, I guess, then the story makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me for a number of reasons. Uh, number one being like those people walked around with like high pants and like white socks pulled up all the way. It would really go well. With it, they wouldn't go well together. All right. You can let us know what you think in the comments. I think it, I think it's baloney. And even though an Imagineer says an anonymous <laughs> Imagineer, by the way, says this, a lot of people worked on this project and a lot of people are going to have different things to say about it. I mean, and who doesn't love a little story to tell their grandkids yeah. about something they did? Uh, Mark on uh, one of our wigs, Mark said, I'm cranky. Uh, Steve then said, Tom is hangry. Did you eat before you came here? I've had Doritos and a Reese's peanut butter cup at this point. That's like a real one or the little, like how many size ones we have in the kitchen? BS ones we have in the kitchen. I don't like those at all. I think those are the worst iteration of the no, Reese's I don't, I don't peanut butter cup I've had. Because they're the same amount of effort to – they're actually more effort to unwrap them. Yeah. And then inevitably you you peel the wrapper off and half of the chocolate coating comes off. And Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're just not good. Look, Reese's, at this point in time, we just need you to produce three products. We need eggs, we need trees, and we need pumpkins. That's it. You mastered and, it. You and the peanut butter cups, out. the real ones. No, I don't think so anymore. Really? I what like the you, big, long, flat, the laid, big flat ones. If I laid out the eggs, the trees, and the pumpkins next to a regular Reese's peanut butter cup, you could only take one. I mean, the regular for sure. Really? Yeah. The I Get feel like the density and the in the the size is perfect. Uh, it lends itself very well to freezing and like having a nice cold. Frozen I like the Reese's ratio peanut butter in cup. The, the the seasonal. Uh, whoop, whoop. We could, we're allowed to have different opinions on this. You read the big cup? I don't know how I feel about No, I don't like cup. the big cup. It's too big. It's Look, too there's big. things I don't like. I don't like the various iterations of Reese's peanut butter cups that aren't the regular ones. I, you I read really, the white chocolate and put them in the freezer? Yeah. That's that's where it's at. Those are good. And I really hate Tostitos scoops. They are not a good replacement <laughs> for real Tostitos scoops. Hey, uh, those, are the two, those are two hills that I'll die on. Why no don't scoops? you like scoops? The texture and ratio is off. Oh, all right. It's a little too thick, a little too hard. Like, I don't know. I, I like the delicate chip. I can get a real good scoop of like Rotel on there. You know, it's just the scoop is either too much, too little. It's hard to get it right. They're too a little too small. I don't know. The scoops, I, I wish they could uninvent those. And of course, if we're now that we're talking about it, Coca-Cola freestyle machines, they should be illegal. How dare you? 
Oh, the worst. I like my Cherry Pib Zero. You know what? Do you like going to a, a restaurant that only has one freestyle machine and there's 10 people waiting in line and someone's up there going, uh, let me no, hit this but button and then let me hit that button. It's not Coke's fault that people are stupid, though. <laughs> no, but it's inconvenient. Just g- give us oh give us all like God. give us all like the the regular five choices and put two machines there and I can reach in and do yeah. the, my coke while someone else is doing their diet coke at the other end. Uh, Jay so. Jay Ware commented. I vaguely remember some show in the Odyssey as a kid. It was a restaurant with a show. Yes, it was. Yes, character show. Clap your hands. <laughs> There's a party going on. Clap your. I love that. I listen to that in my car too often. That it triggers a childhood very happy. That's how childhood Tom gets pumped up for me. Oh, I love it. On your way to record news today, you need to get pumped. That up. was my favorite character meal as a kid was Odyssey. Oh, it's so good. There are pictures of me. I'll I'll send them to the editor. There are pictures of me taking uh, photos with characters at the Odyssey at the character. I'm the opposite. I never did any of those things. Oh. So that, I was the like we say, I was the one who we would pack a cooler in the car and we would go back out to the car midway through the day and eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah. and Mountain Dew. Yeah. And we didn't even have convenience, the good ice bags from the convenience store. We just had the ice out of our refrigerator in there. Yeah, it's good times. All right. I, I mean, we, you know, I, I raised in the Bronx. We didn't have a lot of money. But when we went to Disney World, my parents were maxing out those credit cards, man. That, that was. No, I think, I remember going to theme parks uh, as a kid. And I would get one thing, right? I, this, my first time at Disney World, I got a pair of sunglasses, like yeah. cheap ones. Cheap Crappy yeah. ones, but I got some. Or I got Worlds of Fun. I used to go to. I get one thing, the keychain with the photo from when you came in. Mm-hmm. You look at it. You know that that was it, man. That was my budget. You know, ten, twenty dollars. All right, we've got some some Wigs members have weighed in on the Reese's debate. Oh no, what are we saying? Uh, Jay Ware said the eggs are his favorite. Uh, Tom L said the regular. I'm with Eric on. Yeah. This. Uh, but then Jay Ware also likes the scoops. Oh no. Uh, Jake said he's with Eric. I guess that's, I don't know if that's a Scoops or Reese's. Scoops, Freestyle Machines, or Reese's. All three. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark said Scoops rock. Great for salsa dipping. They taste like rocks. Uh, now I need a, I, I feel like this was written to say Reese's, and I hate when people say Reese's, but we won't get into this now. Someone said their favorite, Jake said their favorite is Cantina. I guess that's oh a, yeah, that's the, the cantina style chips. Yeah, they're like more delicate, right? They're yeah. they're they're more delicate, but they have that 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 light texture. I really like those. Yeah. Those are good, but they break off easily if you're in really chunky salsa. You gotta be careful. All right. Yeah. Um, I have a. Do you have the pirate bone myth? No, I don't have it on here. Do you want to? I'll you like talk to about it because Mark Mark just hinted myth? at it. Um, this is real, by the way. There was I'm interested. There was a myth that they were real skeletons on Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. Okay. There were human skeletons. All of those skeletons at the beginning portion of the ride were real skeletons. And then Disney eventually a couple years later switched them out. This is document. I remember if it's if it's Imagineering story or behind the attraction or I've seen Disney in some video recently admitted to this was like, yeah, they, they did do that. They probably got them from we, like a medical school they or did. something. They did, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They acquired them through, you know, the proper means, which there's nothing wrong with Yeah, they didn't just that. go digging around Glendale. No, and it wasn't frowned upon. <laughs> it wasn't frowned upon at the time, but a couple years later, they're like, we should just manufacture some. Why don't we just make them ourselves? Um, so that never happened at the other ones. It was only Disneyland when it opened. And it, it wasn't long. I think they said a couple of years. I don't know if the year is documented anywhere, but they were switched to... Uh, fake skeletons eventually. 
That's great, actually. Isn't I that think, cool? I think when you think of like how they discourage people from putting the ashes of the remains of their yeah. loved ones into a haunted mansion, yeah, and they stop the ride and all that kind of stuff, to think that they just had human remains in a ride for they years. were actually there, yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. Speaking of human remains and Pirates of the Caribbean, the uh, finger, Walt. Oh, then we're gonna talk about the guy that lost the finger. Okay, well, you can start with the guy with the finger. <laughs> this is pretty recent. Yeah. In the last decade, I forget when now. Um, this is a myth just because it's never, like, there's no police right, there's record. No, there's like, nothing record of it. out there. But enough people that work at Pirates and elsewhere have talked about it. Um, and it's very recent. I, and I remember talking to people while this whole thing was going on. So, I mean, it feels very real. Um, but apparently someone had their hand in the water going down the drop. Not hard to believe. Lost a bit of a finger or two on Pirates of the Caribbean a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, they had a refurb a while ago where they, they changed the, some of the stuff on the boats and worked on the track and stuff. That was related to this. Um, but in between, they couldn't figure out. They're like, how could he have possibly lost a piece of his finger? So they went to Casey's Corner. And got no, hot dogs. No, come on. They got hot dogs and they put them on sticks and they put them down the sides of the boat for the whole ride and saw what happened. And they couldn't get them to slice. They couldn't figure it out. That is the problem with the Casey's hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably tougher than your hand. That's probably the issue. Yeah. But that enough people at Pirates, people we know that worked at Casey's, have talked about this, that I think it's real. I think they kept it quiet. The guy probably got a nice settlement. But then they were like, we need to figure out if this is a real problem. And we're like, we can't figure it out, but I guess we'll go do some work on the boats and the track and just make sure that we're not liable for another settlement. I, I would have to see some more compelling evidence than a few anecdotes on that one. I mean, that's like the E.T. one at Universal, right, where the kid lost most of the foot. They lost the toes. That was a couple of years ago. And that was, I mean, they were closed for a couple of days for the cleanup. Right. And it's pretty, enough people have talked about it, right? There's nothing really, not a whole lot out there on it, but it definitely happened. The kid stuck the foot out and, yep. All right. Yuck. <laughs> ouch. Um, so probably the most... Yeah, ouch. Ouch. I'll be right here. You'll want one of these, a foot. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Um, all right, so probably the most famous rumor ever is that Walt Disney's remains or Ow. parts of his remains were frozen yeah. cryogenically. Um, and some of the rumors even went to suggest that some, for some reason they froze it and put it beneath Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland, which just sounds stupid because what's the point of free? Is there a freezer down there? That's an easy one to disprove, yeah. right? Um, but that was, you know, in uh, popular culture, you know, I think later in later years it became that they froze his head. It's cryogenically frozen. Yeah. This did actually kind of happen with Ted Williams, mm -hmm. uh, the yeah, baseball sure player, right? Uh, where his family fought over cryogenically frozen remains. The Walt Disney rumor is pretty easy to disprove. Yeah. Uh, not only did the family, including Diane Disney, said this is yeah. not true. Um, his death certificate certifies that he was cremated yeah. two years after his death, yeah. or two days after his death, sorry. And there, so, is a, there is a grave in L.A. I've, I've been there. Yeah. Um, his ashes are maybe there. in there. I don't know. They're there, probably, yeah. No, they did not scatter them in the haunted mansion either. No. So no. I tend to think some of that was like confusion, right? Like there was the rumor 
I don't know how public it was that he was building a new apartment for him and his family above pirates, right? So I right. bet everyone was like, "What's what are they building in there with pirates? It's a big building. I don't know. Yeah. It had to be part of like you, they had never seen a ride the size of uh, the size of pirates built before, and Walt had just passed away, and everyone probably was like. I know, and again, it, I think it was so believable at that time because, again, the company, like, had invented robots and done all these crazy things. It's like, yeah, of course, they're they're on the leading edge. They'll freeze his head and, and someday he'll return, right? Yeah, there are so many hyperbolic stories about Walt during his life. It only makes sense that they have them uh, after his passing as well, yeah. right, where this is just, you know. And even the stories that, are, that have elements of truth to them are often exaggerated yeah. uh, unless – you're a person who believes that literally every day he had the Sherman brothers come to his office and play, feed the birds, and then he would say that's what it's all about. Because there are people that believe that that's how he ended every single day yeah. at the office. You know, I do believe that man ate, like, chili every day, though. And, yeah, he smoked a few cigarettes, had a scotch smoked, mist. Yeah. I, I believe he was very set in his, his dietary regimen, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with doing the same thing every day, a little routine. No, it was the 60s, too. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a couple packs of cigarettes in the 1960s. I guess if we talk about this, too, is a rumor. So if you take in traditions, which thousands of you have, yeah. right, as cast members, yeah. um, the famous two-finger point. Disney World cast member, Disney cast members will point yeah. to something with two fingers. Um, the reasons given make complete sense, which are, number one, it's easier. It's easier to see that, right? Two, in some cultures... Pointing with one finger is somehow considered mm -hmm. rude or something yeah. like that. They set it on two fingers. It looks more professional, whatever. Then, then I find out that people are saying, oh, actually they were mimicking Walt because Walt used to point with two fingers. And then the reason he pointed with two fingers is they were cutting out of the photograph that he was holding a cigarette. So that the genesis of the two-finger point is Walt holding a cigarette. That's a long stretch. I think it's a hilarious story, I, but it's, there's no way it's true. I kind of believe it. Really? I think people just, you know, he did some training and people were like, he points with two fingers. Maybe he was so used to smoking that he would do it even if the cigarette wasn't there, maybe. I don't know. Like, but how, it could be a show thing, too. Do, do you I think don't he know. taught I, traditions? <laughs> No, but I think when they established what Disneyland would be, I'm sure he was mm -hmm. very involved in, like, how will my people be different from the people that work the county fair or, you know, the amusement pier or those things. I think he was – that was very important to him. Yeah. Right? Because Lillian, like, when he talked about, I'm going to have a theme park, blah, blah, blah. And Lillian immediately was like, those places are dirty and terrible. What are you doing? And he's like, he's no. Like, Quiet, woman. <laughs> Go over woman, there. Mine will be dead. It'll be clean. It'll be, you'll be able to eat off the floor. And no one, everyone will have the same haircut and the same clothes. No one but me will have and facial have hair. To clean them every day. I will be the only mustache in the park. <laughs> no one, God. Oh, uh, it'll be different. But I think, like, there have been, uh, related to things like smoking, there have been stories in the past. Like, I remember that there was an old legend of, like, a kid followed the princesses backstage and Snow White's smoking a heater and, like, buzz off, kid, I'm on my break, you know, all this kind of stuff. I think there is a photo somewhere, though, of when they talked about the genesis of the Utilidors at Disney World, there was a picture at Disneyland oh, of, yeah. like, a guy in a night suit, a cast member, yeah. walking through Frontierland, busting out a or dark... a cowboy going across yeah. Main Street or et cetera, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a bunch of those. the mixing of theme and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I, I get that. But. And he hated it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I try to believe that he was he was that uh, OCD, yeah, for sure. I believe that. I don't yeah, know. and I love that. I mean, that's Walt Disney's OCD is the reason we have Disney, right? It's the reason that the quality is different, and it is a special thing. And that's why people every time we talk about things, and I do want to do an episode about nitpicking little things like that, right? Because it's I think it's fundamental to what Disney is. It's those little those little the attention to detail. Those little differences are the things that made Disney different from everybody else. So there's like this mythology with Disney that I think is part of that quirkiness, right? They're just yeah. different enough that, like you said, you would believe almost anything that some, especially pre-internet. All that was you crazy believe anything that anyone said. Like he's going to build an amusement park and it's going to have one entrance and you have to go back and forth in and there's no midway with games and no Ferris wheel. Like, no, that, that didn't make sense to people. And there's so many connections to popular culture and to historically important moments yeah. and stuff that that touch on Disney World. Look, I, this isn't on my list, but and it's not really a myth. John Lennon signed the paperwork to end the Beatles at the Polynesian Resort. The only part of the myth that I've heard that is not true is that he was with Yoko Ono. He was not. He was with a, a different girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he did. They did dissolve the Beatles at the Polynesian. It's yeah. part. It's become woven into popular culture. Richard Nixon, right? Richard Nixon gave the "I'm not, I'm a, not crook. a crook" at the Contemporary. Yeah, at the uh, uh, America's Ballroom. Yeah, right. Um, I believe so. Where Mickey's of Glendale, where I shopped at Mickey's of Glendale. So you can watch that speech, and they very little crooks. has changed in that <laughs> ballroom of the Americas. It hasn't changed a whole it's lot easy. since it's then. Like taking your money, we are crooks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the second best Richard Nixon Disney story. Give us the best one while we're here. The monorail one. They tell that one all the time. I think it's on the behind the yes. attraction, right? Where he, they left without the Secret Service guys, and they were like, oh, no. And they rode the monorail around and then came back. The, the Secret Service guys were freaking out. It's pretty neat. Okay. This one's going to generate a lot of arguments, too. Um, the myth or the position stated here, and this is, again, from tours, tour guides, people who are supposed to you know, who are presented as people that know everything, yeah. that the American flags on Main Street USA have only 45 stars because they're trying to circumvent the U.S. flag code. In other words, they wanted to leave them up all night long, and if they only had 45 stars, they don't count as an it's American flag, so down, they yeah. don't have to treat them with the same amount of respect. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell an alternate theory, which I think is true. Number one, the flags are lit at night. Not They're not like bright spotlight, but they're lighted, which is uh, the U.S. flag code says that that's what's customary, that's right? That's allowed, yeah. If it's going to be outdoors, the custom would be that it is lighted at, uh, during evening hours, during darkness, yeah. right? Um, my theory is this. There are 45 stars on those flags, not because Disney's trying to to cheat the U.S. flag code, not because they can't have someone take down six or eight flags at night and put them back up the next morning when they, yeah. the way they do a million other things in their routine, yeah. which would be easy for them to do, just walk across the rooftop and bang, bang, bang. Um, my position is that Main Street USA is set around the turn of the century, around 1900, sometime between 1890 and 1910, right? Yeah. And uh, during that time period, there were 45 states in the, in the union. So I think they're reflective set pieces of the time period they're yeah. set in, and they have the one big flagpole when you walk in in Town Square that is a real yeah. bona fide American flag, which is the one that they do the flag retreat and raising yeah. of every single day. It makes a lot more sense to me that that the Walt Disney Company, uh, Walt Disney, who was a, a war veteran who saw himself as a patriot, would not be circumventing the U.S. No. flag code on some dumb technicality yeah. to get out of 
paying someone for an extra 10 minutes of work, yeah. it makes a lot more sense to me that it's just reflective of the time period when we had 45 states in the union. Yeah. That's my own work on this. I think other people might agree as well. Yeah, you could probably. disagree. I mean, you paid a hundred and something dollars for your tour. You can believe whatever they told you, right? Yeah. Or you were a tour guide. That's what you were trained to tell people. Exactly. I think it's BS. You agree, disagree? I don't have a strong stance on this yeah. one. I don't know. Um, and I think enough Imagineers have argued it over the years. Like no one seems to really have the answer. Right. Um, so I don't know. Andy's coming. That's true, by the way. Andy Morton, my brother, will be here next week. Um, I'll actually be picking him up when this podcast airs on Tuesday. Uh, Andy's coming. The The idea being that you could shout Andy's coming at the Toy Story characters yeah. uh, when they're out in the parks, yeah. and they will immediately, like, flop to the ground. This isn't a myth. This is social media just ruining everything, right? So, like, someone did it on social media and showed it, and then everyone went to do it, and then the character performers were annoyed because they were tired of falling on the ground 45 times a day. There's also risk of Rightfully injury. so. Yeah. No, I mean, those those costumes, like, you know, so much respect for those performers. Those costumes are not... Very few of them are comfortable or fun to be in, and those people always put on a great show for, you know, the guests, right, those cast members. Um, so I, I think it just had a necessity. They're like, you d don't do this anymore. Just stop. Just, just stop. You can maybe tell Woody there's a snake in his boot at work sometimes. But yeah. What about I don't a think sausage? <laughs> oh, yeah, your favorite Head sausage from the barbecue. barbecue. Mm. It's the only thing edible at that restaurant. <laughs> Was it? We gave that a pretty positive review. I went back and it was awful. Roundup. I thought the sides barbecue. were good. Their brisket was terrible. And I read some other people just to disanity check on myself. Oh, there's another and someone called it a it grand was... slam. It was like the best brisket. I'm like, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy. It's like I'm from Kansas City, so I'm an authority on barbecue or whatever. But come on, they're still it was like terrible. Look, things don't have to. Things in a theme park don't have to be the best f of of a certain food item you've ever had, right? It's still a theme park, right? They have to be good. They have to taste good, right? And we had scaly, bad, you know, meat. Yeah. And I went back again. It was like that again. It was dry and scaly and gross. But then all the some of the other stuff we reviewed positively was bad that night. So I don't even know if I'm going to go back again. I'll go back at some point, I'm sure. But I'm not a fan of Roundup Rodeo at this point. It's a shame because I like the cocktails, but I'm not going to pay for a fixed menu for cocktails. Here's a myth that's based on technicality, I think, which mm. is nobody dies at Disney World. Mm. Technicality being here, like, yeah. that Disney Disney would somehow prevent medical professionals from pronouncing someone dead yeah. on site. They would make them leave property before they yeah. could examine them to do this. And my understanding of the way the law works is, look, if I, if I walk by Spaceship Earth and someone decapitates me with a lightsaber... That no one there is qualified to declare me dead or to pronounce me dead. So they, someone they can arrive on site and medical right. Facility, somebody can right. declare me on uh, dead on site. Like, hey, that I'm a police officer. I declare yeah. that this person's dead. Come get him. Yeah. But somebody like a medical examiner, somebody at the hospital would yeah. pronounce me dead. My death yeah. certificate would reflect that. Um, yeah. That's the same. Like, look, nobody nobody dies at my house. Yeah. Because I don't have a medical examiner at my house to pronounce them dead. Also, nobody has. But, you know, it's it's sort of a technicality. People would, you know, would say that somehow Disney influenced it with their all sunshine all the time. 
attitude that, yeah. oh, no, we must leave property before we can say that. That's, it's just the way that pronouncing yeah. people dead works. Yeah. If, if you know different, let me know. No, that, that's pretty much I mean, let us know in the chat. Yeah. Maybe there's a medical examiner watching who somehow finds this more exciting than <laughs> declaring people dead, pronouncing people yeah. dead. All right, uh, here's another one. A lot of people believe this one. Michael Eisner is the golfer in Soarin' Over California. He's not. He's not. So it's a great scene. You fly over PGA West. That's in mm -hmm. La Quinta. Beautiful golf course. Yeah. A lot of great golf courses near there, by the way. All you golf, fan, golf fans. You, if you Google map it, you can see that hole. It's really distinctive because yeah. it has like a canal running down the side with a green on one side of the canal yeah. and then the fairway right there. It's PG West, uh, PGA West Stadium course. Um, so a lot of people swore for years and years that that's Michael Eisner. And this came back into public consciousness because Soarin' Over California uh, was – uh, returned to Epcot, yeah. and people were like, "Oh, good! I can see Michael Eisner again. My, yeah. you know, favorite Michael Eisner attraction." Um, as far as I know, that is incorrect. That Destination D twenty three, the archives team came up and was like, "We've we've researched. It's definitely not him." I could tell by the golf swing because that golf swing looks like maybe not like maybe not like a tour pro, but it looks like yeah. a very good golf swing. I, I could see that from the swing. I don't believe. I don't believe. I I don't believe Michael Eisner's swing. Could be that good based on his history as a hardworking executive in the industry. <laughs> yeah, LA, you know, uh, media executives never play golf. No, they do. I just don't think they have time to no. refine a swing that's that athletic. To go and, for a filming, yeah. you know, how many, however many takes they had to do that day. Yeah, forget it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, the golf ball is fake, but. Yeah, it had to be yeah. in order to get it right where Can you imagine? Yeah. You have to wait until one whizzes right by the camera. Yeah. Um, okay, here's here's one that a lot of people will will say is true, um, that the because I've been told this the presidential seal and floor of the Hall of Presidents um, is what one of like two or whatever the only other yeah. one is allowed in the president's office, and that it was uh, they made an exception uh, due to an act of Congress that allowed them to display yeah. the presidential seal. Uh, number one. It looks a lot like the presidential seal, but it's actually the great seal of the United States. Mm -hmm. It is not the presidential seal. Yeah. Uh, secondly, there is no record of Congress ever approving any special exception for Disney. So yeah. this is almost assuredly untrue. You've, yeah, been, lied, you've been lied to again yeah. by a tour guide. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Two-part. A two-parter here. Okay. The gist of this myth uh, is and we can swap this to Disney World, but the Disneyland Skyway closed because someone fell out and died. Yeah. Um, nobody ever. There was no deaths associated with the the Skyway at Disneyland. Uh, even people who fell and hit their head and weren't moving, and then they were taken somewhere for a medical examiner to pronounce them dead. As far as you know, that never happened. What did happen though is a man jumped out. Hmm. That man that not what this is like in the nineties. Yeah, uh, he landed in the trees and bushes near Alice in Wonderland mm. attraction. Um, sustained some injuries. Yeah, uh, he did survive, mm -hmm. and then he sued Disney. And in his lawsuit, he was seeking twenty five thousand dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot for them making you fall out of out a, of a ride out of a sky <laughs> a gondola in the sky, yeah. right? So. That's the first dubious part, right? Twenty-five grand, and then it turns out they were able to get him to admit that he jumped out. Yeah. Now, 
the idea was that this insurance settlement and the risk was why they would shut it down, though. Yeah. That because this ride is very risky, we just have to, we, you know, no no insurance company is going to like underwrite a policy yeah. for this ride because we're getting sued. Now, granted, I think they would easily settle for twenty five grand without even getting the insurance company involved if that had been yeah. a, a true accident, but it wasn't. Um, but the 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 truth is again, kind of the look for the simpler answer. It was going to be cost a lot of money to keep that thing going. Yeah. So and it was a ride that had, you know, it, it it didn't hold up, right? Like when it was built for Disneyland, there was a simpler time. And I think Disneyland had long since, you know, passed that point, right? They, they used to go 90- through the Matterhorn, though. Yeah, cool they closed that? in 94. I mean, the next year they're going to open the Indiana Jones Adventure. We're going to keep operating. The Skyway didn't have show scenes. It didn't, like it wasn't, it, right. it was charming, but it wasn't. It wasn't storybook land, that level of charm, right? And it wasn't anything impressive. So I don't, you know, I think if they were looking to make budgetary, you know, cuts, it made sense. The uh, So the reason, apparently, is that they just were detecting, like, some stress on the supports and things yeah. like that for that Skyway. It was going to cost a lot to fix up, and they're like, does this really, is this really, really important care, enough for yeah. us to make a large investment in it? And they literally did, they literally did transfer, like, the budget the operating budget for this ride to Indiana, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah. So Indiana Jones got that now. Yeah. And I'm sure it uses it up on like day three of the year with all the breakdowns and problems. How many people have. have to work in that giant building? Uh, someone did. Someone was killed on a sailing ship Columbia at Disneyland. Yeah. The, the wire, right? The, the, yeah. The so, rigging. Oh yeah. My God. It had to do yeah, with the rigging. I don't even want to talk about it. It's, it's very bad. Um, now, very at, bad. At Magic Kingdom, there was unfortunately a death associated with the Skyway, which was yeah. a cast member who was cleaning it, and, it and they didn't realize he was kind of out there on the platform. Somebody started the ride. Yeah. Um, as he got pushed off, the cast member kind of grabbed onto. He was little, like probably in his sixties. Yeah. Um, he grabbed onto the bucket essentially. Yeah. And then fell like down into a flower bed about forty feet, and, and unfortunately, did pass away. Yeah. Again, that is not given as the reason <clears throat> that attraction closes. The same uh, reason, right? Operating budget, uh, the um, the amount of cost versus the amount of benefit to the park, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. um, so that's that's kind of a that one's kind of like a fifty fifty. Yes, someone did pass away at the Disney World Skyway, but it is not the reason that it closed. Okay, let's get to some haunted mansion myths, shall we? Are we going to talk about the wedding ring, which is my least favorite thing that's like ever happened? Let's start with the wedding ring. I can scroll down. I have it, but go ahead and but tell tell the story. Well, you of the, the gist. You correct me if I'm wrong with any of the. Story. No, I literally my bullet point says so, haunted mansion ring. So yeah. yeah. So uh, many many years ago at the haunted mansion, I guess there was a stanchion that they removed. Uh, they they took a pole out, um, and it wasn't one of those poles where there I guess was a circle in the ground where you just lift it out and you take it away, or maybe it was the remaining circle from that thing. I don't even know which of the ones it is. But either way, a a stanchion particle was left in the pavement. So there was a circular silver ring in the ground. The disdain you have for this myth is hilarious. Yeah. So so (laughs) cast members decided to start telling stories that it was the bride's wedding ring. She got mad and threw it out of the attic. That's what I was... That or uh, whatever the story may be... Whatever it is. But either way, it's the bride's wedding ring. This is pre-Constance, by the way. It's the bride's wedding ring, and they told the story, and they keep telling the story, and it's it's everyone talks about it. I remember even at a young age walking over it and being like, that's definitely a 
part of a stanchion. Like WDI would do a better job of making a ring than this like yeah. remnant it's of a stanchion. It's too big. What, her, yeah. her finger, would she have Andre she the have Giant's the hands? The hands? Yeah. Andre the Giant, anybody want a peanut? Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> want to marry me? <laughs> um, and so. <laughs> <laughs> All white horses. Um. The ring he ripped off a Hulk Hogan leading up to WrestleMania yeah. three, uh, but anyway, so the silver ring in the ground, and so finally they're going to embark on the they're going to do the 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 um, interactive queue that whole project what twenty eleven somewhere in that zone, um, and they they redo the pavement and everything and it opens and I remember walking through like um, Jason Sorrell, who's now with Universal Creative. Um, was given a tour. We went to some Parks blog event where he's given a tour of the queue and they point out the ring and he tells the story. He's basically like, we got so tired of people telling this story that we decided to just make it a thing. <laughs> and so they embedded an actual, what looks like a wedding ring in the pavement in the extended. It doesn't look like a ride queue. stanchion. No, it, it's a ring. It's got pole. the stones on top and um, it's embedded in, in the pavement. Um, so now it's, I hate that it, like they were just so mad about it, they like made it a real thing. That always bothered me because I hated that people started that rumor to begin with. But it eventually, it's so it's a myth that became true, real, right. yeah. Eventually, that's actually kind of a trend, though, right? Things like that happen, yeah. where something gets uh, something goes on long enough that someone makes it just. Well, that's happen. been the thing with with Disney in more recent years is as the internet, as a fandom has evolved and right. grown and become more knowledgeable. You'll see a lot of things, especially in updates to older attractions, things like that. There are these homages to things that never happened or things that were urban legends, or right? Right. Um, you know, so you think about, like, when they did that mansion project, that wasn't the only weird, you know, fan thing they did, right? They put the the, the one-eyed cat yeah. on, on the mausoleum when you hit it and you hear the cat meow. Um, there was a lot of that lore, the sea captain, right? That the whole mansion was supposed Cole to Pepper be Klein. themed to the sea captain. They gave him a grave, right? Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we've seen that with Skipper Canteen and all, all sorts of tropical hideaway and all the sea stuff. There's a lot of lore and making myths real and making you know, things that never saw the light of day part of the real lore. Mm -hmm. Finally, Hatbox Ghost, that kind right. of stuff, right? Which was a Disney myth, right? Hatbox Ghost was a myth. Right. Because people were like, I swear there was this ghost where the head vanished and appeared in a hatbox. People were like, you're crazy. That was never there. And then finally, the age of the internet, people were like, we found the footage. Here he is. It's it's real. Like, obviously, there's always been that picture of, um, is it Claude? It's Claude with him. Yeah. Um, but then people were like, we found the footage. Here it is. It, it, it existed. And then- But he was never in know, the house. He was. He was? Not yeah. here. Disneyland. Uh, Disneyland for a couple I weeks, it, and they pulled it because it, did it didn't work. work. I know at, at D23, their explanation for where the placement is going to be at, at the Magic Kingdom yeah. is kind of an eye roller. First of all, they're like, does is the does he make it a thousand ghosts, right? We're adding the Hatbox ghost. Yeah. And they go, no, no, he's always been He's here. unhappy. Which has never been the case. He's in Magic an Kingdom. unhappy. And home. he goes wherever and whenever he pleases, which is, explains them putting him in a place that doesn't make sense, right? Because... There are two theories, I believe. The, the There's two theories about why the Hatbox Ghost isn't going at the exit to the attic. One is uh, they had a problem getting electrical there. I think the one that makes more sense is it's an evacuation route, right? That's like a ride evac route, and they can't block it. Either way, the, the real story is, this is not a rumor, the real story is that it cost more to put him where he is at Disneyland. 
Okay. And the Magic Kingdom said we're not no. We have to run electrical or whatever. No, to find another change spot. a evac route. They whatever found it is. whatever the reasoning is, it cost more money and they, they put it and I thought it was really a shame that they made Daniel Joseph, who's a tremendous imagineer, incredible guy, and the only reason the Hatbox Ghost exists again. Which I think He did in his garage. Yeah, he has the best story of anyone at Imagineering, right? Where he just he grew up idolizing Yale Gracie and those guys. And for him, I guess it's Yale Gracie in the in the picture with with the hat box. Okay, who'd you say it was? Um, Claude. Claude Coates. I, 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 maybe it's Yale. I think it's Yale actually. Um, but like he, he idolized Yale Gracie, and so for him to be the guy that figured it out, to be the guy who, on his own time at home in his garage. Built the hatbox host and then brought Tom Fitzgerald over and, and said and turned it on. And Tom goes, We gotta show this. They gotta put this in. Yeah, and that to amazing. be like for his legacy, a guy that grew up idolizing those special effects guys like Gail Gracie. And for him to be the guy who gets to put that back in as an homage to what yeah. his uh, his heroes did. That's that's the reason I get up in the morning, right? I love that stuff. Yeah, for those that don't understand the, the criticism of the placement at the Magic Kingdom, essentially it goes something like this. It ruins the story. The, it ruins the story because if you pay attention, no ghosts are visible in Haunted Mansion until after the seance scene where Madame Leota calls them out. So now we have a ghost who's come, who precedes yeah. the... Uh, you know the seance, yeah. so it breaks the continuity of this story. Yeah. That's the common criticism. Yeah, of this. and the apologists are like, "There's a hand coming out of the casket." That, that's a body. <laughs> that's like a that's like a zombie body, and it's just a hand, right? It's not a full apparition, either way. Is right? the zombie a ghost? Yeah, does he not count? Be. Is there also a zombie in the Honda Mansion? I have no idea, but it's definitely like human bones. Either way, it's not a full reveal, right? You build right. the story builds. Until the point at which they all appear for the swinging wake in the ballroom. Right. The story's wrong. I don't care what you want to say about the Hatbox Ghost. There's no associated lore with him. He's not some mean-spirited creature. It's never been established. You, and, and they didn't mention the movie. Everyone got in the movie. The movie does not apply to this attraction. Different universe. It is. It yeah. is. Because in that universe, there's two mansions. And right. they're different, Right. The Florida Mansion interior is not different, folks. Not that different. One I mean, of them is the Hatbox. They go to the Hatbox Ghost Mansion, whatever his name was. Gracie, yeah. No, the Hatbox Ghost is. Well, uh, then they find out his name is something. It's, it's something. Oh, um, I forget um, his name. No, um, Crump. Crump, yeah. That's right, for Raleigh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Crump, it's a different house. It's not. Alistair yeah. Crump, yeah. I think is his name. It's a different house. It more resembles the Florida yeah. Haunted Mansion, though. Yeah. Um, but Which I was my favorite part of the movie, the fact that they had the two houses. I love that. I thought that was great. Should we stick with another Haunted Mansion myth? Yeah. Are we done? No, go ahead. About I'm sure the there's 50. There's a, mil there's a million Mansion. of them, right? Obviously, like, everybody knows, like, people have for years tried to dispose of ashes of their loved yeah. ones, a little flask of them here and there or whatever yeah. in a haunted mansion allegedly they say don't do it it causes them to have to stop the ride and get out a dust buster and yeah. then your loved one goes into the dumpster or whatever so yeah. um that's not really a myth that's just that's how they discourage you from doing it yeah. i don't i don't know that this is a a problem that they, they can easily detect but i understand they do yeah. clean the place from time to time um all right how about this one of the bus one of the singing bus is walt disney nope nope that's just uh, a guy that kind of looked like him. It's Thurl Ravenscroft. Yeah. Right? 
Uh, if you don't know who he is, a few things. I mean, he was involved with Haunted Mansion, Country Bear Jamboree, yeah. uh, the the Tiki Room, the Mark Twain Riverboat, yeah. uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Disneyland Railroad. Um, but more more famous, he sings "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch," yeah. which people always thought that that's Boris Karloff because Boris Karloff is a narrator for yeah. uh, the Grinch. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, yeah. but it's actually uh, Thurl Raven's cross voice. But more famously, he's Tony the Tiger. They're great. So, I mean, it's not Walt, but Tony the Tiger is not a bad, like, consolation prize for yeah. that. Let me see. The Haunted Mansion ring. Okay. Uh, here's one I don't know the answer to. The FSU on Splash Mountain. Allegedly, an FSU engineering student was worked at WDI and inserted the name yeah. FSU and had one of the characters say very high pitched when FSU, one of the things coming yeah. down from the ceiling. I don't know if that's true or not. I just thought of that one. That's that's real. That's real. There is more to that. I've tried to uncover because it's also in the Tokyo one. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people say it wasn't there originally. It wasn't there in 92 that supposedly it was later. There's, there's another one that's a little more delicate, which I had always been told uh, the second version on Journey into Your Imagination, where the blocks lit up, and it it was a sped up, high pitched voice that mm-hmm. said said Mickey is a blank. Uh, if you listen to it slowed there. down, that was supposedly put there by a disgruntled person who found out they were losing their job. I don't know if that's true, but I've 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 heard it, and it kind of sounds like that. I mean that ride Which was is, terrible. So anyway, anything bad we want to say about Journey into Your Imagination is fine with me. Yeah, I don't know if that one's true, but I know that has made the rounds. I don't know any way to prove or yeah. disprove something like. I that. I mean, that ride only was open for what eighteen months or whatever it yeah. was. It didn't last long. I think it, it might have been the original. I think one it was of the, the no, it, was it wasn't in the original. No, the blocks lighting right. up was the second one, right? No, the blocks are in the original. Yeah, maybe it was the original then. I don't, I don't think know. that was real. That wouldn't have stayed there. I've never heard that one. That's new to me. Okay, here's one that they've told people. My brother claims this was taught to them in traditions or yeah. an anecdote presented to them during yeah. traditions when he was in the college program many years ago. That a woman sued Disney uh, claiming that a brick fell off of Cinderella Castle and hit her and she had a brick like painted like gray or whatever to be like, see? Yeah. Here it is. And they're like... There's no bricks in this. She like filed a lawsuit for injury and they're like, hey, lady, this thing's made of fiberglass. Like, yeah. Whatever. There's no evidence that this lawsuit was ever filed. I think it's just a commentary on how stupid it seems believable. people believe the general public is when it comes to things like that. So Mark brought up an, Mark, one of our wings members, brought up another haunted mansion one, which is I know real, um, uh, real scare actors in haunted mansion. Um, Disneyland tried it for a little while. It was a thing, um, and I actually uh, I got to experience it. Um, they brought it back for one night only for that 50th anniversary event at Disneyland in 2019. Where were they? The live night, the night. Oh, just the night? The night, yeah, it would pop it, that out. That was yeah. it? Yeah. That's the only scare actor was the night? I forget if there were other ones, but it was the, the night was the one that was the real one before, and so they reenacted after. Were there other editions? Did they have someone in the ballroom? When did they maybe? stop doing it? I don't want to say what year there's I first went to There's a story out there. I don't want to be wrong. Um, you, you Google it, and there's stories out there about People who were involved in doing it. It was like, we did it for a couple of weeks and this happened and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to say something wrong. It's been a hot minute since I've read this story. But um, we do have video here on the channel of when it was resurrected for the 50th of uh, Mansion. The dumbest one, the Weather Dome. This is my favorite. 
My favorite Disney World. The myth goes that Disney is so smart and so wealthy that they created a massive dome over the parks. Yeah. Uh, where either they could protect you from bad weather, or there's also the sim- a similar rumor that Disney has figured out ways using cloud seeding or whatever to control the weather yeah. around Disney World to make yep. sure that you aren't your vacation is not ruined. Yeah, this is my favorite. Which is, uh, I think where, this where is do you start with this one? Again, coming out of that pre-internet era, right, where, where Walt Disney went on TV and explained Epcot, and I think people saw this this big covered city, right. Um, with these these big domes, you know, there's these big um, openings in the ceiling covered with glass domes, right? I think that's part of why people believed it, right? Again, like also Disney World built a whole city in Central Florida. Um, I think I think it became believable for people, um, and I've I've heard people half jokingly talk about it to where I think the guests thought it might be kind of real. Um, but my favorite, one of my favorite weather dome memories was there was a, um, particular third of July at Magic Kingdom. We're waiting for fireworks for a couple hours and real crazy lightning is happening. And I think I just yelled out, Disney sure is putting on a show in the weather dome tonight. It's like and the Truman people show, lost it because, and, and I think it speaks for, I didn't realize how many people like knew that myth, yeah. but the fact that like I got a good laugh Very out common. of a whole crowd Means everybody got the joke, so it's pretty well known. I mean, you if you are around enough, like, look, a number of your meals every week are at Disney restaurants, right? Or a number, I I go to Disney bars and restaurants and hang around. Inevitably, you're going to overhear someone say with great confidence something that's that's just made up. So many. That's just made up. I know you overheard a guy recently. Like oh, a the DVC guy. I'm going to base a character on him on news tonight. Yeah. The DVC guy who, like, un- these two poor people, I think they were, all the seating at Dahlia was full. Yeah. And these two poor older guests, I think he's like, can we sit with you? Yeah, sure, blah, blah, blah. And he's going, I'm a DVC member, so I know everything. And my favorite thing was he's like, oh, I like, I like the the deluxe villas or the deluxe studios because they you know they're better and I'm like they're all called deluxe studios they all the word deluxe is just in all of them right that's just a thing that's a DVC terminology thing they're not better than I think the only one that's not are the are the the jumbo house ones are not called deluxe because they're like regular hotel room shape I think but still to be like forty different other rooms versus that one and you're like I like these better. I like to get the deluxe burger down at Disney Springs. But then <laughs> once sir. he had once he had tested the waters enough, he broke into what my usual favorites are and when someone's like, I got a friend who works in, you know, general contracting, they're building the fifth park and it's going to be this this and this and I've seen it and blah blah blah. And I love that. I love yeah. that stuff, man. It's the best. Everyone's an expert. Yeah. People ask me, I don't know. I don't know. I don't pretend that I know stuff people don't know. Usually, I certainly wouldn't say I got a friend that works in general contracting in there. No, no. In my sources, I never tell, I never tell anyone anything. No one knows anyone I knew. It's just like nope, no, no. This person told me where do they work? I don't know. Can't tell you. All right. So uh, Jay Ware asks in 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 our wigs chat. Mm. He says, I want to know if Jim Hill's story about the closing of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is true. He said Michael Ovitz went to inspect it because he got so much fan mail about it. But WDW management 
sabotaged, sabotaged it by putting him in the worst vehicle, pouring yeah. water in the sub he was riding in, yeah. making it smoke and jerk, etc. So the Ovitz would cancel the ride. I cancel the rehab. I probably believe that. But again, it's you, we'll never know. We'll never know. I've never heard that story from another person. Um, but it seems plausible, right? It always leaked. It leaked on their, the, the break rooms and the utilidors. And it, it it was a maintenance headache for sure. I just think the park, like at that point in Magic Kingdom history, that's when they started getting real cheap in that park. And so I think it was like this costs a ton to operate. The hourly capacity is not great. No one knows this movie anymore. Let's just get rid of it. And then maybe someone came and looked into it and they're like, we, under no circumstances are we giving them a reason to make us open this ride again. Right. This, the, we are not paying to operate this thing. Now, I, I could see that. I can't confirm it. I can't deny it. But I, I believe it. I think there's room for an attraction I don't want to say physical space, but like, yeah. there's room in my heart for a twenty thousand leagues under the sea attraction. Do I have the park for but you, Eric? I don't. Yeah, I know the the walkthrough it in Disneyland. No, park. is that what we're talking about? Disney oh, Sea. Disney Sea. So that one, yeah, something like where that. Where it's not actually wet. Yeah. Right. I think that makes sense because I think I still love the not to overuse the word, but like the kinetic energy used to be like yeah. you would. You would see the submarines going by and the Skyway buckets and people walking into Mr. Toad and all this stuff. The teacups are right there around mm -hmm. the corner. You walk into Tomorrowland, you see the people mover. There's the Skyway that. right there. There's all the the uh, Astro Orbiter. There's all kinds of yeah. stuff going on. And it makes you feel good and happy and excited to be there. Yeah. And to eliminate that is unfortunate. But yeah. I, get, I get why they did it, right? Those things were – look, it, if it's in your memory, you're like, man, that ride was the best – Go to Disneyland and ride the Nemo yeah. submarines. It's still kind of let's be clear what was the best about Twenty Thousand Leagues. Those the subs were gorgeous. They, they were, were amazing. It yeah. was the real submarine and they were going around the lagoon and it was a beautiful venue, right? Yeah. The ride was not great. It was it was it needed some desperate help. And that's why when Atlantis was coming out, everyone's like, That makes sense. And then Atlantis tanked and you know. Um I read another Myth slash not myth. I, I'm not sure of the source on this mm. one. There was a woman who claimed, I think she had ridden Tower of Terror like hundreds of times, was writing it like more than 10 or 15 times a day. Yeah. She had some sort of physical ailment and the, the dropping sensation relieved that ailment. And a cast member, cast members started to recognize her and they started feeling bad and they started letting her get to the front of the line. Eventually that got like canceled. They're like, no, you you no longer get like permanent lightning lane on this. And she flipped out and I don't know if she filed a lawsuit or something. But I, I saw something that had her name, her age, where she was from, and all this wow. kind of stuff. I don't I don't know that that gives it any more credibility than any other rumor. But that's another one of those rumors that you're like, really, you have an ailment that can only be relieved yeah. by riding you, the Tower of Terror. Do you have the Big Thunder one? No, you want the Kidney Stone. Tell me about the Big Thunder Kidney Stone. Supposedly, Big Thunder Mountain will help you pass kidney stones. Yeah? Yeah. And it I think a, there's it doctors. A, it is a mine. They're looking for rocks. Well, <laughs> there are doctors that have said, yeah, yeah, in theory, yeah, absolutely should. Just getting tossed around? Yeah. Something particularly about Big Thunder. I don't know why it's Big Thunder, but something in particular about the movement of Big Thunder. It is clinically proven to relieve kidney stones. I will tell you, like, that's always been my, my idea since day one is if I ever get one, I'm just going to go ride Big Thunder a bunch, and we're going to prove it or disprove it. Do you have any retinas left to detach? No, the retina thing's 
Isn't are, are, are aren't your retinas stronger than ever? They made them bigger, faster, no, stronger. Like no, aren't they less prone to? But I detached one one retina detached on Rock and Roller Coaster, another one Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. They should put you on like Temple of Forbidden Eye as the big statue. Mm. You had a little laser shooting out of your no. Right. I just want to reference a country bears. Put me on a window or something. Someday someone will recognize my there, role in the history of the country bears. Are there any country bears myths you can think of? Myths? Yeah. Yeah, the myth that we lied. <laughs> <laughs> The myth that down, we made up here. that we made up a Toy Story marionette show, and Bob Chapek threw a hissy fit, which is what happened. That is interesting, right? Because it's one thing to say they're closing the country bears, but then yeah. to just come up with a Toy Story marionette show—that's yeah. a different level of psychosis. Indicative of of his management, man. That that's where they were going. No, at. I mean, if you're lying, if you're making up a story, to, that, oh, that's what, what, what you a, come up with. Yeah, what an idea! Like Toy Story Land just opened. Let me just. Pick the what's got to be the dumbest idea, right? Um, and it it was right. Like Moana Tiki Room, I get that. That makes sense. I, I don't want it, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, Toy Story, Toy Story animatronic marionette show in Frontierland when you've just built a Toy Story Land was pretty pretty stupid. So so Jay Ware says the Nemo submarines are not the same. I'm not saying they're the same. But the ride experience is similar. You go into a cramped submarine, you flip a thing down from a wall, you Mostly put your is, nose in the except for the wing. rubber squid. I yeah. Mean, the mermaids, all that other stuff. That experience is more fun in my memories than yeah. it is when you go do it, is what I guess. 20K at Magic Kingdom was not supremely themed to 20,000 leagues, right? It, other than Captain Nemo narrated the, Here's the some grouper. submarine looked Here's like the, the Nautilus yeah. and that you eventually encountered a squid. Yeah, they are, yeah, they are not markedly different. They are different. Yeah. They are distinct from one another, but they are not so different that riding one, you're like, no, 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 you got to ride this other one. No. That was, I don't think that was ever anyone's like, oh, my God, this is the best attraction in this park. I don't think that was it for anybody. I think I loved that it existed more than yeah. I loved the actual experience the of aesthetic, riding. The aesthetic, right? And Disney kind of yeah. realized that in more recent years. Now they're building a bar. They're like, the aesthetic of 20K. Is great. Yeah. And even it's Trader Sam's involvement. They're like, the aesthetic of this is great. People like to have this. They're like, it's a beautiful, the Nautilus is an incredible design. Um, like, people just want to hang out in, in this vibe, right? And and the great thing about Disney Sea, Disney Sea is, it's like, oh, all is going to buy a park. And everyone just looked at each other and went, it's, it's a big budget. Could we, we could just pitch them whatever we haven't been able to do, right? And so it's like, Journey to the Center of the Earth was pitched for 40 different things, right? It was a scene on the backlot tour. It was its own ride. It was all these things. And then finally, like, Disney Sea gets brought up, and they're like, oh, see, would you like this? And then same thing with 29 Leagues. They're like, well, we had to close that in Florida. Maybe we could do a new version, right? Let OLC pay for it, and maybe someday, you know, Florida or California, someone will be like, that's a really great ride. You should We should build that here, too. Um, it's a lot of that in Disney Sea. Yeah. A lot of that park is stuff that was – put on the back burner or canceled or things that they had to close in the U.S. parks that those guys were just like, yeah, let's do it. And we'll talk about that. Eddie is Eddie Sato is going to come on and we're going to talk about the 20s Main Street yeah. for Paris. Um, Electric Railway and the American Waterfront absolutely ripped from Eddie's designs, right? That park was just a bunch of things that either, you know, it was all the stuff they didn't get to Eddie do. Eddie Sato, man. 
He's all the stuff they didn't get to do in other places they got to do at Disney. Seeing 20,000 Leagues, a new 20,000 Leagues ride was one of those things. Um, Mark Pyle says the myth, uh, the, the myth he presents is the Rolling Stones were the first choice over Aerosmith for the rock and roller coaster. I don't believe that one. No. But, you know, next time we talk to Jim Schull, who was heavily involved in that project, we can ask. We can ask Jim. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it at Stage 89. I mean, there's obviously been rumors since of Queen or yeah. whatever that didn't shake out. Yeah. So you never know what there's There's supposedly things. what, Rolling, Rolling Stones and oh, I forget what the other one was. They were supposedly the two bands they asked first. The other one's less obvious. I'll think of it eventually. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot else. We've we've run out of myths, Tom. Is that all of them? Um, but you know, some of these some of these things that sound crazy are true, and some oh. of the things that sound true are crazy. Yeah. And you never really know until you until you look into it. We've we've tried to do that a little bit. I'll give you an example. Eric story time. Sea Sea Tales from the Marine Corps. So, in the nineteen nineties, I got mm. sent. Um, to Liberia. This okay. is a very long story, but I'll, I'll try to truncate it as much as I could. By the way, I was, I was part of a, a group that got sent to relieve another group. Of people. Rob Riggle was in the Liberian embassy the same time as I was, but I don't know if he was part of my group that was relieving the people who were already there or what. Was, Liberia was under, it was a, the first Liberian civil war. Mm. So the main character for me, the take, the one you wanted to say, people there are, they have beliefs that a lot of people in a Western culture wouldn't understand, right? Yeah. They they had a guy, uh, you know, you, the first person I saw was like painted completely white and wearing like just a pair of shorts and like high tops. Mm. And he's in a, in a war, he's like fighting. Yeah. And he goes, oh, the he's telling the interpreter like, oh, I'm painted white because I'm, so I'm invisible. And he's like, but I'm, I'm talking to you, like I see you. And he goes, no, no, I'm only invisible to my enemies. If you can see me, that means you're not my enemy. Uh, and they ta- they told us before we went in, hey, don't be surprised. You're going to see a guy wearing high heels, a football helmet, and a life jacket, and carrying an AK-47. You never know. People have strange beliefs. There's, so there's a guy, and uh, and I used to tell stories about this guy. Nobody ever believed me. This is like pre-Wikipedia, right? Yeah. His name was General Butt Naked. Not the same. There is a there is a character in Book of Mormon named General Butt Naked. Yeah, Different. You're omitting a word, but yeah. Yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, this guy didn't have that extra word that they had in Book mm-hmm. of Mormon. Uh, General Butnick, and he is a member of this tribe. There was these warring groups. There was a civil war. There's the NPFL, and there's these guys, the Krons. So the NPFL, picture like guys in land cruisers with young people smoking crack, carrying AK-47s around and bossing people around and, and looting the place. And then the Krons, a little bit more primitive. Uh, they did have weaponry, but they would often, not all of them were armed, and they would fight it out near the embassy within like – our sight yeah. and, and, and earshot. And when the, uh, basically the Krons, a bunch of them didn't have weapon, uh, guns. So they'd dance around and motivate the guys in the front fighting while they were fighting out with the other guys. By the way, none of these people actually like aimed. They just, this is kind of how they fought, right? Just shoot, shoot wherever. Um, and they would dance behind and motivate them. And then when those guys ran out of ammunition, then the guys in the back would all chase them down with machetes and, Chase him. So this is the type of conflict we're in. General Buttnaked was the head of the, these kind of Kron fighters, and he would stand out there not wearing clothing with an AK-47 in one hand and, like, a, a white T-shirt tied around his head and, like, maybe a cartridge belt, and he'd just dance. 
and they couldn't hit him because nobody aimed their guns. So he thought they they all believed his story that there was black magic. Basically, he the president of Liberia brought him in at one point in his life to protect the like presidential palace from black magic. So I tell the any the, the, the lesson is I told this story a dozen times to, yeah. to people. And like a couple of years ago, a friend that I hadn't talked to in years texted me from out of the blue. He's like, I always thought you were full of crap. I always thought you were just like entertaining us with your BS stories about General Butt Naked. He's like, and then I went down a rabbit hole and I know everything about the guy now and wow. everything you said kind of checks out. Yeah. Uh, terrible stories about this guy, right? I, the, the ones I'm telling you are pretty fun by comparison. Yeah. If you look, there's some awful stuff. But every now and then you find you find truth in the unbelievable fictional yeah. stories. And that's our that's Eric's sea tale. Of this episode of the podcast, so. I I think in the realm of Disney, there there you know there are a lot of buried secrets, yeah, um, projects and things that that maybe were going to happen that didn't, right? And I think that's um, always going to be fascinating as a fan, right? And that that's why I'm always fascinating by by unbuilt projects and things like that. Mm. Um, I I think some of these other myths like weather domes and stuff are you know it's ridiculous. It's interesting, but it's it's uh, it's non nonsense. But yeah, um, I've been told the other band was U two. Okay, there's Rolling Stones and U two were the first two bands they asked. Instead, U two is the first one in that sphere in Vegas, right? Or maybe they weren't, but that's they're that's supposed to be the sphere making yeah. the rounds on. On social yeah. media last week, it's amazing. So. Yeah. Myth, the Tower of the Four Winds was chopped up and thrown in the ocean. Not the ocean. It's the Hudson River, bro. Um, the World's Fair. Yeah, they, they uh, uh, Raleigh designed the Tower of the Four Winds because they had the, the, the Pepsi UNICEF building. It was ugly for a small world. And they didn't have a lot of time. So they, they, Walt was like, Raleigh, just do something for the outside. And he built this big, colorful, spinning thing. that It's Tower of the Four Winds, and it blew in the wind, and it was cute and amazing. Um, and they, no one wanted to ship it anywhere. Like he didn't want it for Disneyland and Pepsi didn't want it. And so, yeah, it was like most of the fair, it was destroyed and probably either a put in a landfill or B thrown in the Hudson river. Like that's the story of the New York world's fair. I mean, a lot didn't survive. My New York geography is not great, but wouldn't it be easier to throw it in the East river? Wouldn't they have to transport it all the way across the East river? Yeah, I guess you're through Manhattan to throw it in the Hudson river. That's true. Hudson river rolls off the tongue a little better. But maybe like they trucked it to the landfill and we're like, this, this is too big. Just, we don't want it. It's not going to break down. It's, it was steel, right? It was a steel structure. They're like, just throw it in. I mean, didn't they bury most or all of the Horizons ride vehicles somewhere yeah, near Yeah, I mean, that's Epcot. a different era, right? Yeah. And also, like, this wasn't if, – if you were a fair, you know, operator, contractor, whatever, if you left it there, that was a whole different team that dealt with taking all that stuff down. Yeah. That wasn't Disney dealing with that. That was whoever was tasked, whoever got the contract, to tear down the New York World's Fair, right? So – Wherever it went, and I said, probably a landfill. People like to say Hudson River because that's the one in New York everyone talks about when, like, well, there's bodies in there. And the, the mob threw right, stuff right. in there, and they threw it's stuff in there. It's closer to New Jersey. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's more yeah, interesting. It has that grimy mystique. River, maybe, yeah. But you're, you're probably right. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. It, it makes more sense that they, like, chopped it into five pieces and then just rolled it down the street, you know. Um, who knows? But who knows? But either way, I, I believe it's either in a landfill or in the bottom of the river, it's one of the two. I, I if no one has it, then that's where it has to be. Right. It was too big for anyone to take. One thing you learn in, in just in the collecting, 
of Disney parks memorabilia, the bigger it is, the less likely it's going to go anywhere, the less likely it's going to survive, right? The bigger stuff, people pay less for it because they don't have places to display it. And if people don't have places to display it, it's, even the Walt Disney archives, where they go on and on about how much they save from the parks. Um, they, it all becomes very budgetary and it's like, that's, that's too big and we don't want to fly that back to LA and blah, 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 blah. There, there was a whole argument, um, you know, and I, I know people at the archives got mad that I told this story before. I don't really care. Um, they sent, so when they were building Walt Disney Studios in Paris, there was very little money to build that park. It was, a, it, the park had to be built as part of the agreement. They would lose the land if they didn't open a second park by 2002. Right. So they opened a second park, but there's very little in it. So it was, it was basically like, can we just get stuff sent, sent here? And they built up, they decided to build the backlot tour because it was a cheap option. Right. But they're like, we, we're not actually going to have like real facilities here. Not that much. So what are we going to do? What are we going to put along this route? And it was like, send, send whatever you got. And WDI sent, the, the stupid floating vehicle from Horizons, right? There's one of those. It's yeah. still in Backlot Express at Studios. Another one was on the Backlot Tour. It was still there the first time I went to Paris like five years ago. Um, and then when they were closing Backlot Tour, the archives had some discussions where it was like, but what are we going to do with this stuff? And there's some good stuff that didn't survive, right? So the Aladar animatronic that was on the Discovery River boats – Aladar. Without skin, existed on the Backlot uh, tram tour in Paris for a hot minute. I'm not sure I like him. Then he skin. vanished. Mm. Um, it was the one that was outside, not the one that's in the Dinosaur Riders, the one that you would see along the Discovery River boats, which was a short-lived attraction at Animal Kingdom in the beginning. Um, but there was an argument where the archive said, like, we don't, we're not paying to take the Horizons ship. It's fine. It's and it's just like, well, I guess it's just going to be destroyed. Okay, no one, no one cared enough to to spend the money. Multi billion dollar corporation, and no one. Everyone pointed fingers. Uh, who was going to take the Horizon ship? Until in the end, it was like, well, just destroy it. Hey, Jay Ware makes a good point. Look what the archives. Well, look what Disney anyway. What happened to Walt's plane? Yeah, it just sat there in yeah. a state of decay for decades. There was no plan, and then eventually, um, thanks to Amazon. Someone was like, oh, yeah, we'll take care of that. Sure, yeah. But, yeah, no, they let it sit. No, one, That's how Walt's playing got a smile on the side of yeah, it. Yeah, again, they all pointed fingers, right? Yeah. They all pointed fingers. The archives, WDI, um, property control, everyone pointed fingers at each other and was like, it's your response. No, it's yours. It's your response. And then in the end, everyone just went, it's no one's. And we left it in a field. And then eventually people were like, oh, oh it may not be in great shape now. Oh. Is that yeah. how they talked? Well, yeah. I, I like to talk as if they're stupid. They're, mm -hmm. they're not stupid. They're just cheap. Um, <laughs> everyone's just cheap, not stupid necessarily. Um, right in, like, look at Spectrum Magic, right? When they left that outside in the sun. It's literally Magic the next Kingdom. thing in the chat. They Spectrum left Magic. it in the sun and it was destroyed. Yeah. yeah. And then they went back a couple months later like, oh, oops. There's a reason you have parade warehouses. It's because... These things are not meant to be left outside. Yeah. No, no kidding. If you leave Spectro out, it's not going to make it. And maybe that was someone's intent. Who knows? But um, either Meanwhile, way, Meanwhile, the Main happened. Street electrical parade stuff still exists. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they've fixed it up, had oh, to fix it here or there, but it's replaced yeah. stuff. But yeah. I but mean, it, but, the fact that that parade is intact in Spectro yeah. Magic is disintegrating. But look at what the sad. archives has, right? Like Maelstrom. They took the smallest things. It was like, well, take the baby polar bear and then the other polar bear. And it's like, that's it. 
Why? Because the other stuff's too big. The troll. Sorry. Yeah, and it's just like, ah, forget the rest. Uh, oh, well. Um, it was it was like, oh, we'll take stuff that we could we could just check it on the flight back to Burbank. The, <laughs> and that should never, when you're talking about it's the history. It's a lot of work getting that stuff taken out of there. the history of your company, the decision should not come down to we don't want to create something and ship it. Right, it's either important to your legacy or it's not. Right, and that's why a majority of the great movie rides sitting in trailers behind property control. It's all the stuff no one wanted. No one knows what to do with it. These aren't myths. These are real. This is the real truth of the situation. Who remembers one of my favorite things? Circle of Life closed at Epcot, the the film in in the right. land, and they began the process on Awesome Planet and the the, the in the in the Meantime, there were the Timon and Pumbaa signs on the wall, right? The like 10 feet, 50 feet, blah, blah, blah. Maybe actually it was, it might've just been the, mar no, because the marquee had to come down. It was one, I believe it was one of the sidewall ones. We posted about it. Um, and it was an argument between the park and WDI as to whose responsibility was to pay to remove the sign from the wall. To take a sign off a wall was a months long argument. I mean, did this not happen with um, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom? They're like, hey, yeah, you're in charge of this. And they're like, good, we yeah. turned it off. They're like, what about the monitors and all the screens? It might nope, not our responsibility. Well, totally. it's not ours. Well, whose it. is it? I don't know. Because no one wants it in their budget. No one wants it on their, their sheet at the end of the, of the fiscal year, right? Mm -hmm. No one wants to, to take that loss. I, I spoke to someone one time, and it's uh, a person who is in management – of maintenance. They would write, yeah. you know, the maintenance manuals for all yeah. the rides and stuff. And the big debate was this is pre this is before the Skyliner opened. Yeah. Who's responsible for the maintenance of the Skyliner? Yeah. And they were fighting internally. They're like, that's transportation. No, that's it's attractions. Yeah, attraction. No, that's yeah. you know the park WDI or that whoever. Yeah. They would argue about who who was responsible for that. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants that hot potato. Yeah. Right? That's gonna inevitably cut into their budget. Yeah. I mean, we're getting a little off track on myths. These are not myths. Well, here's These here's just... sort of a myth that ties in the the brer the brer bear tail. Oh, the brer bear. We end on the brer bear tail because I have an update to this because I I recently spoke to someone who worked in maintenance at Splash Mountain, and so I know a little more of the story. That's kind of interesting. Um, so for those unaware, I, I came across a photo many many years ago. I think before the website even existed. Um, that my photo, my father took on Splash Mountain, I think opening year, and it has Brer Bear, and he's caught up in the trap, he's roped, yeah, and there's a, he has his tail under him, it's very yeah. visible. And I remember riding the ride the next trip, I rode the ride, I'm like, the tail's not there. Where is the tail? It's missing. And my cousin and I would joke about it for years, and then finally, when we got to the point where we did many years ago, we did what was called a maintenance report, right? Where we went on Disney World. That one, that they really liked that lists yeah. of all the things that were broken. And it was a retaliatory thing we did against Bob Chabeck and it worked very well. Um, but also because we cared and because we knew we could do it. Was that the start of Chapek hating WWE? No, no, this was retaliatory okay. at this point. It was already ongoing. And I decided this was the best way to teach him a lesson. Um, and it was. Uh, but anyway, we started this maintenance list and it, it got printed out and it ended up in all these offices and they, they would go down to the maintenance guys and show them the lists. And some people in different maintenance departments would email me and message me and be like, hey, we can't actually fix that because of this. We can't do this. This, this is why this is like this. But within you know five or six days of the first maintenance report, and the, the tail was on. The there. bear tail got. The, the tail, tail was off was for there. years, over a decade, right? 
the tail was not visible. And so we rode the, someone said it was back. We rode the ride and there's a video on this channel. You could watch it with me. Usually I try to remain quiet when we film something. I don't react to the things happening in the, in the ride videos. But for the Splash Mountain one, obviously like I'm holding the camera and the tail, which is clearly my fault that it's there. I lost like, it. I lost it because I, I had a direct effect. Like as, you know, you, you grow up, loving this thing and you never imagine in a million years you will have any effect on it in any way, even if it's something small and stupid. Um, and that for me was this moment where it was like, we have a very real effect on this place. And that's, that's pretty magical. The fact that we can, um, you know, affect change. Right. Um, and the tail miraculously appeared. So the maintenance guys told me that the tail was never gone. Whenever it was reattached in a refurb, I guess probably in the late nineties sometime, it was way up the back. You couldn't see it. Uh, it was there. Someone attached it way too high. So it wasn't visible anymore. So to everyone riding, he just didn't have a tail. It was in the wrong spot. And so they went, when they went to do it, they're like, all right, I don't see the, t and they walked around the back and they're like, oh my God, there it is. And so they just, they, 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 dis they took it, it like off. It was like Velcroed on there. <laughs> I don't think it was that easy. I think someone had to do some sewing, yeah. but they, they took it off and they put it back because I had the reference photo in the story from when my father rode the ride in 92. And they, they looked at the photo and they, they put it back where it was supposed to be. That's his story. That's from one person that worked maintenance at Splash Mountain formerly. Could be, could be a myth, right? Could be a I'm myth. I'm taking someone's word. Like so many but, of these things. But the fact that it was brought up to me, I, I tend to believe it. I don't think there's a good reason to bring up, right? It doesn't diminish the accomplishment of the maintenance report, right? It still made someone go do something. Um, so I, I think it's just a, it's a nice little fun fact that it, it, it was there. Someone put it there, but they put it in the wrong spot and no one could tell it was there. And with that, I think it took we did four it. episodes to tell that story. I think we did it. We did our fourth episode. We've done four of these. Yeah. That's a month. It's very astute. Most people said that we would fail immediately. You mean Jason? Yet, we haven't failed yet. We might fail when this gets released. Yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, I want to thank you for all your insight and knowledge. Thank you, Eric, Let's talk about Disney myths. Work. If you have a favorite Disney myth that you'd like to share with everyone, please let us know in the comments. Yeah. We'd love to see all the comments. Obviously, the comments We read them help. all. Yeah, we do. We do read them all. Remember the people that said that I look like I had a drug problem because I was scratching my nose? Yeah. Hey, they were right. And there they were several absolutely people who right. said- I wish you guys were kind of facing each other more, and that's here it is. We did it, right? Yeah. So we we sometimes listen. But yeah, put the comments in there. Please like and subscribe. Yes. You know, maybe one of these days we'll do the thing where if you're subscribed and if you like it, we'll give you something. It, yeah, we'll you do have a drawing some or something. Point, sure. I don't know. I don't know what our budget right now is zero dollars for this show. So we have to prove ourselves. That's not true. We had the, to buy these waffle lights. Yeah, the the, the There's shirts, new lights in here. The suits could still cancel our show. Do we have suit in the one? I'm, you're the suit. I'm the suit. You're the suits. You are the, the match. Suit. I'm the second suit. Third suit. I'm the third suit. Third suit from the third banana. It me from the right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we we could still get canceled. I think I, I I sense it. So wow. The only way to stop us from getting canceled is to support the show. Maybe by becoming a Wigs member. That's true. You can become a Wigs member by going to patreon.com slash WWNT yeah. or WWNT 
dot com slash Patreon or click the Patreon link. Either way, Wigs obviously get early access to this show. In this case, we are doing it live for them yeah. on a private link. And uh, they get early access to events. They get discounts on things. The Wigs have a, their own Discord community yeah. that is borderline unmoderated. It's the Wild West there. So if Don't you like... say that. Maybe we'll start well, cracking what have down you on done? a kid. Sorry, though. The, the, don't do that if you join. Be nice in Discord. But we have a lot of Wigs members, uh, a, a great community to be involved yeah. in, and it's people that love the thing you love. So I think yeah. that's important to be associated with that. And you can do it for as little as 2 bucks a month. Obviously, the $7 number is where you start getting some of the perks that others don't get, which would be the post shows for WW News Tonight and Park Center. Early access uh, to this. Early access to this. Early access to purchase yeah. tickets to come to our events when we have them. Yeah. And some discounts and things our like that. events, because we do them here now, um, it's very limited in-person space, right? We have room for essentially between 75 and 100 people in that room. Um, and so when we have these events with these former Imagineers and entertainers and all of this stuff, um, if you don't want to be left out at home, um, not coming to the event, I mean, it, it's important to be a Wigs member. We Several of our events have sold out just to Wigs members. So right. um, it happens. And if you're a Wigs member watching, we hope you en enjoy the live stream of this. This will be edited Kind of chopped up a little bit. Everyone and really seemed condensed, to like it maybe. So uh, please go watch it when it's on YouTube. Help us yeah. out. We gotta, we gotta boost that. Give it another watch. Maybe you missed There's something Eric involving scratching his nose or something. I didn't scratch my nose as much. I, I'm a little bit look like I got my hair cut. I'm a little cleaner. I looked a little grubby the last one. So this is what it is. I don't want my mom to. My mom won't. Not that my mom would ever know I do this or watch it. But <laughs> I want her to see it and think that I didn't raise him like that. No. My mom, one of the most revolutionary moms in history, one of the top 20 you know, marvels in mom technology history. I don't know how this works. Sorry, I couldn't let it go. Watch episode three if you're confused. Yeah. Uh, with that, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on the WW News Today podcast every Tuesday. See you Bye -bye. real soon.